anybody remember the game hide and seek? All right. The rules of hide and seek. One person is chosen to be it, right? The seeker. Usually that got decided by playing eeny, meeny, miny, moe, right? Which we won't go in. That's another sermon. If you're it, you cover your eyes and you count to 10 or whatever number has been mutually agreed on by the players and the other players run and hide, right? So far I've got this, I remember. Okay. And then the one who is an it announces in a loud voice, ready or not, here I come, right? And then begins to search for all those who were in hiding. And the first person who was found is it for the next round. And the last person who is found wins that round of the game. Okay, so when we're little, it generally doesn't take very long to find everybody. Because if you remember, there's usually giggling and movement, like thumping around as we shift around in our hiding spots. And often, those who are supposed to be hiding can't resist running out to take a peek to see if the one who is it is coming. And if they don't see anybody coming pretty quickly, well then, a voice will cry out, I'm here! Right? That's generally how it goes, but that's not what happened the night my babysitter lost my little brother. (laughs) My parents had gone out for the evening and left us with this babysitter, and it was decided that we would play hot seek, and my little brother and I declared that she would start, she would be it, while we hid. So I was seven. I was an expert in hide and seek. My little brother was two years old, okay? Just two years old. And so uh, Rick and I ran and scrambled to find hiding places in the house while the babysitter did her countdown, and then it rang out, ready or not, here I come, and we were nestled in our secret spots. Now, there were usual places that we would hide in. One was my parents' closet behind my dad's shirts. Another was the um, laundry bin. We had a hog closet that had a laundry bin, and we'd get down under the clothes. Another was under a bed, and then, of course, behind furniture or behind a door. Those, those were the hot spots. So the sitter found me pretty, pretty quickly in my parents' closet, but she couldn't find Rick. So I started to help the babysitter, and we went all over the house looking everywhere, I tell you, Everywhere I could think of to look. We looked in the garage. We hollered out the doors. And um, we were becoming really panicked. You know, Rick, Rick, where are you? Where are you? Come out. You win. And no Rick. No sign of him. So then we, I even peeked in the walking attic. It was black as night. And there were spiders in there. And so I just opened the attic door, and we yelled in and yelled in, and we thought no kid in his right mind would be in the attic. So that was, you know, shut the door and went on. And then after an hour of looking for a two-year-old, we were so panicked, we were on the verge of tears, and the babysitter was going to call my parents, and I was making the argument that the police would be safer. And before she could make a phone call, then two-year-old Rick appears. He comes walking into the room with a big grin on his face. And he said, 
I win, you didn't find me. And we said, where were you? We've been searching everywhere. We've been so worried about you. And he said, I was in the attic. And I said, I looked in the attic. And he said, I know, I was behind all the boxes, which meant he was way in the back of the attic. I knew that we hadn't really searched the attic because it was seriously scary in there. The world often seems dark and scary and filled with uncertainty and suffering, kind of like spiders. And as Hanukkah celebrations look for the light and Christians celebrate the birth of Christ, the tribulations of the world just continue all around us. We pray constantly for world peace. Every beauty pageant contestant for decades and decades has wished for world peace. And yet, as far as I can tell, looking back, there has never been a single time in human history on the earth when two people somewhere weren't at war with one another. We've never had world peace. A neglected and abused child falls from a window or is pushed. And we learn that every call for intervention somehow failed. Selfish drivers, distracted or high or drunk or just careless, kill innocent pedestrians. A professor shoots faculty on a college campus where he was denied a job and the environment, we're told, is becoming frighteningly inhospitable, causing mass migrations of people across the globe, people we're not so sure we want to make room for. It would be easy to think that we're alone, that God has just simply forgotten us or maybe has quit looking. But God has not forgotten us. In Advent, we glimpse the God who is coming and who will stop at nothing to be with us wherever we are. We glimpse God in the strangers who tie blue ribbons around light poles in memory of a child they never met. And we glimpse God in the people who donate uh, $144,000 on GoFundMe to a grieving family they do not know. And we glimpse God in the neighbors who showed kindness and brought comfort to this little boy in the span of his short life. And we glimpse God in those who give and give and give and who rush in to help and who work to rebuild after tornadoes and, and earthquakes and floods and fires and uh, disasters of every kind. And we glimpse God in the doctors, right? And in the aid workers who provide care in the midst of war. And we glimpse God in menorahs lit in the windows of Christian homes and on the yards of Christian families in solidarity as a sign to their Jewish neighbors, we have your back, you're not alone. 